Well, welcome to another session of On the Couch with myself, Henry Jennings. And once again, I'm delighted to have a really special guest with me today, someone I've known for a number of years now. And Kerry Stevenson is an expert on gold. She's the founder of the Gold and Alternate Investment Conference. She's a gold investor. She's a mining enthusiast, backer, just loves the whole industry. I know I've sat with Kerry over a bottle of red or two, and we've had many discussions about this. And she's a property investor, a share investor. She wears many, many hats. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with her. Just before we start, though, I do have to do the old disclaimer. So just remember, this is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights that we talk about on this podcast. Kerry Stevenson, welcome to the couch. Delighted to have you here. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Henry. I love being on a virtual couch. This is exciting. So, Kerry, just a little bit of background on, on yourself, just to set the scene. What's uh, what's your journey to where we are now? Uh, it's been a it's been an interesting one, uh, actually, Henry, because I started life as a, a cadet at Grace Brothers, which is many, many moons ago, because Grace Brothers doesn't exist anymore, where I kind of learned about business and uh, retail, but I wasn't really enjoying it. And in fact, they sacked me. So um, that's something <laughs> that. That, that was a good thing because that sent me off to New York where I studied acting for a couple of years, had an absolute ball, came back to Australia, got involved actually in a funny way in the mining industry all those years ago, headhunting mining analysts, not knowing right. that, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of decades and I would be back involved in the mining industry again. After headhunting a lot of mining analysts, I, I ended up getting married and moving to the UK Fast forward, got divorced and realized that I had to look after my own financial future. So instead of watching, you know, binging on television and we didn't have Netflix in those days, I decided I had to educate myself about investing. And actually, my first investment, Henry, was was a property. And the only reason that I invested in it is because I was so naive. I didn't (laughs) know I could back out of a contract. And that naivety sent me on a path of you know, sometimes, Henry, you've just got to bite the bullet and not be fearful and say, well, I'm just going to go and, and go for it. Came back to Australia in 2003, didn't know what to do. I'm on very good terms with my, my ex. And he suggested that I uh, get involved in the mining industry. And I said, the only thing I know about mining is that's a very large diamond. Uh, <laughs> Diamonds are a girl's best friend. They always are. Uh, but he said, well, listen, you're smart, learn. So I right. went on another learning journey, which started at Diggers. And yep. obviously, Diggers and Dealers, wonderful conference that we have here in Australia. And there are a lot of gold companies there. And that kind of piqued my interest because my mum had bought a couple of Krugerrands many, many, many years before. And I've just always been. She, she just understood the value of gold and that got me thinking that I needed to have a look at, at that sector more than just an overall mining. So that got me on a, on a path of, you know, starting up the Golden and Alternative Investments Conference and here we are today talking to you. Here we are indeed. And you're, you're a real uh, gold bug, aren't you? I, I know that you're a massive fan of gold. Uh, we, we've heard a little bit about what drew you to gold, but what sort of kept your passion about uh, gold and the gold mining market in Australia. I guess, uh, you know, it's, it's a lifelong journey for some, but uh, what, what's really fed that passion over the years? Uh, well, I think if you look back in history, the uh, Australia really, Australia's wealth is, uh, obviously it's off the back of the sheep, agriculture is important, but the gold mining industry going back to the 1800s is what's, you know, it's what built Melbourne. You know, you look at Western Australia and a lot of the wealth in Western Australia comes from gold. 
And so as a, as a country, we're the second largest producer of gold globally. Uh, and I think in the near future, we might even become number one. Uh, and right. so I was fascinated by where gold came from and why gold was important when it came to money, because really gold is gold and silver are money. The rest is credit, you know. And why do I get fascinated by it? Because I find it really interesting that governments can just print what I call funny money, uh, mm. hand over fist, with no value attached to it, whereas you can't print gold. And so when you look at the history of gold, when you look at the history and the value over time, it tends to hold hold value over time because a gold coin never changes. But, mm. uh, you know, it, it's still a gold, a one-ounce gold coin is still a one-ounce gold coin. But yeah. if you, you could have bought that, you know, a few decades ago for a few a couple of hundred dollars. Well, yeah. today, as I sit here talking to you, it's just hit over 1,800 US dollars, which, again, it's currency in Australian currency terms. That's over two and a half thousand Australian dollars. So it's uh, held. I guess this goes to the whole crux of what's happening at the moment in world markets is the money printing that we've seen really from the GFC onwards. It's just this creation of huge amounts of, you call it funny money, but I guess fiat money is probably the more technical term. But I remember back in the 80s, and I was a child of the Thatcher's uh, years growing up uh, during the miners' strikes in the 70s and then the early 80s with the uppies, etc., and filofaxes in the UK. Um, I remember there was this massive focus on money supply, the M2 and the M3, and that was the, the be-all and end-all. Now no one cares. It's just, just print, uh, keep calm and print more money. How is this all going to end? Because it can't end well, surely. We can't continue to print and print and print just to print our way out of trouble, surely. Well, it's worked for them so far. You know, central banks have used this for quite some time because they can't see any other way of continuing to somehow artificially grow the economy. So they keep pumping the money in in the hopes that spending will increase. But actually what's happening is almost the reverse. Because we've had, I guess, out of, you know, out of left field, and I always said two years ago I was saying something's going to come out of left field, that mm. we were, and I didn't know it was a pandemic and a virus and all that sort of stuff, but something's going to come out of left field, which we won't even realise, and, and that's going to cause even more drama around money printing. And that's exactly what's happening because, Henry, if you look at what's happening right now, the amount of government stimulus and people, I think, are getting almost complacent in the fact that they go, well, it's all OK because the government's going to always look after me. Mm. Well, at some time, the piper is going to have to be paid. Yeah. And I personally think, and by the way, I am not a financial advisor. And as Henry said in the beginning, you've got to do your own research. But if you look at the history of money, not currency, if you look at the history of money, every single fiat currency, which is the paper money, has failed. And there are too many for me to go through uh, on this podcast today, but eventually they failed. Now, this bubble is getting awfully big. And, you know, I've, I've had people say to me, well, what should I do? And I say, listen, you've got to hedge and diversify. Yeah. You know, don't sell your house and your children and go all in gold. But at the same time, if you don't have any exposure to gold and if things get a lot worse then, you know, people aren't watching gold at the moment because the majority of people, the man in the street doesn't even understand it. Mm. What they understand is they understand paper money in a bank. I get paid by paper 
it goes into my bank and I can swap that for the goods and services that I need. Yeah, it's, um, I remember years and years ago when um, Russia invaded Afghanistan uh, and gold went absolutely nuts overnight. It was a massive move. And, and yet here we are with far more geopolitical tensions, I guess, at the moment over Hong Kong. There's question marks. I heard one commentator talking about what happens with Taiwan. That could be the next kind of push point for uh, for China. We've got all these geopolitical issues, especially in the Middle East as well. You would imagine that gold has got some serious upside if, if things do start to kick off in a more nasty manner. What, what do you see the outlook for the actual price of uh, gold bullion at the moment? Uh, well, I think two things. I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned Taiwan and you mentioned Hong Kong, but here we are sitting in Australia. How much of that do you see on the mainstream media news at the moment? You don't. It's not covered. It's not spoken about because what we're all focused on at the moment is COVID-19. Yeah. And so no one's looking at geopolitical risk. They're not realising that the, the monkey's coming up and it's going to bite hard. And it's really interesting. You know, we're almost distracted by this this pandemic and not realising that there's so many other issues around. So what do I think about the gold price? Well, we've hit... We've hit what I, I see because for a while there we were sort of a little bit range bound, but uh, we've hit the 1800 in US dollar terms uh, this week. I can see gold heading to 2000 before the end, easy 2000 before the end of the year. Right. So, and that will be caused because let's let's look at the fact that right now we've got artificially low interest rates and sometimes negative interest rates. Plus, we've got quantitative easing, money printing which is creating excessive liquidity in the market. And actually what we're going to have is it's a bull market not based on growth. It's just, it's almost like it's becoming a casino mm. and somebody is going to get hurt. And so I can see that, you know, you can't print gold, you can't print silver. It does have value. And I think that people will start to see the value and see it as money rather than the currency risk that you have Aussie dollar. I mean, you've just got to look at some of some of the places like Venezuela, Zimbabwe, whose currencies have been decimated over the years. And the people in 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 those countries that did have some gold actually managed to look after themselves in troubled times. It's it's funny, isn't it? There has been a kind of a, a gamification of the stock market at the moment, all the new apps and all the social media and the the chat rooms and the forums that are on. Facebook, I know that uh, we run a big uh, Facebook forum ourselves, but uh, I've, I've logged in and joined a couple of the other ones. And uh, the, the level of knowledge is absolutely scary. And I think there was a musician friend of mine yesterday who sent me a Facebook message saying, you got any good tips for me? And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. This We're is now starting to get... Yeah, it's just getting a little bit silly out there in places. And, and there is a whole new generation of punters that uh, are joining the market with little or no education and thinking that it's going to be easy and it's going to be like this forever. So um, I think there are certainly some dangers out there. Now, uh, turning back to uh, to gold, do we buy bullion? Do we buy an ETF? Do we buy gold miners? How, how do we get exposure to uh, to this uh, money printing exercise and the, and the gold bullion price? Well, I think it depends on your risk tolerance. Um, obviously, the the least risky, in my opinion, and by the way, it's just an opinion, would be physical gold bullion that you hold outside the banks. You know, I don't suggest you hold, put it under your, your mattress. There are 
independent vaults that you can hold your physical gold at. Uh, you can you can also have allocated pool allocated gold, which is which is held by places like the Perth Mint or uh, in their depository or ABC Bullion in their pool allocated. Yeah. Or you know you mentioned ETFs. Well, I look at ETFs as just another piece of paper, really. You don't physically right. own, it, it will track the gold price, but you're not physically owning the gold. And right. when we when we turn to equities, well, I really, you know, I invest in, in and by the way, gold equities, for those out there that, that aren't quite sure, that's just the, the mining companies, the gold mining companies. And they're much more risky. You know, for those listening, someone like Henry, who does lots of research and understands what's going on with the gold mining companies, you got to you got to go and, and subscribe to that research because if you think that your taxi driver says go go and take a punt on XYZ company you you're crazy because you don't know what you're doing and you can lose everything now right now the the gold mining company because of the gold price um, it's over 2500 Australian dollars so for Australian companies uh, that are in the gold exploration development uh, and production there, I think there's enormous upside, but for those that don't understand gold equities, they can lose. They could lose the lot because they can. They don't know what they're doing. So I always look at it and I say, you've got to. You know, you can have the best asset in the world, but if you've got bad management, they can ruin the whole the whole lot. Like they, they can. I remember going on a mining tour out to uh, to Alice and then up to uh, Tennant Creek and and going through some some core samples for a mining company up there. And these, these were samples that had one gram, two grams a tonne. And one of the geos, one of the geologists was saying to me that some geologists go through their whole career and never actually see physical gold. They might see the odd speck, but it, it's, it's so small in, in comparison to how much dirt you've got to dig out that it's just extraordinary. And you see these uh, core sample trays lined up under a futile Paulins in the bush and you're looking with your magnifying glass at these little tiny specks of gold you realize what a massive human endeavor it is to get this stuff out of the ground and the money it takes and, and the time it takes it is extraordinary and, and as you say bad management can really stuff it up big time yeah so and that and that's that's the thing that people people don't understand they they're, they're looking at a share price and not taking into account all the things around that which is you know where is where is the asset located? Who who are the management? Have they done it before? You know, have they got a good track record of finding good gold deposits? Because if they do, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. But there's a lot of them, you know, not a lot of them, but there are people out there that, <laughs> you know, pulling <laughs> the market. Uh, yes, there's there's a lot of what I consider lifestyle businesses, and they're not the lifestyle of the shareholders. They are the lifestyle of the directors who. Uh, uh, every year, rattle the tin for more money to complete the, the company changing uh, mining and drilling program and, and never actually uh, change the company, just uh, keep themselves in that uh, employment. What I found interesting o over the years, I guess, is is looking at the journey that explorers take from, you know, from, from finding the gold to actually uh, producing it in that first gold pour, which some guys are really good at exploring. Some guys are really good at just the process of getting it out the ground once the explorer goes uh, in and does its job. So what um, 
I guess let's be a little bit more specific. Are there any, any gold stocks out there at the moment that have caught your eye? Any miners there that you've followed over the years that uh, have really caught your eye? It's really, it's very interesting. Just over the last year or so, we've had two areas in Australia that for a long time were, were, were not uh, covered that well in exploration, one being the Pilbara over in Western Australia. And obviously that's starting to get some attention. And there are companies up there that are exploring that, you know, there's the upside. You know, if you're in the exploration phase, there can be enormous upside. Development, yeah, that's a different story. But I think mm. the Pilbara is really interesting to look at. And then, of course, we go down to Victoria. I mean, and, and you look at uh, companies like Kirkland Lake, uh, Kalamazoo, you know, really, I, I love the Kalamazoo story. Again, this is not financial advice. These are just companies that I'm looking at that I think are pretty interesting. And of course, uh, the new, newish kid on the block is Navarre. If you look at where they are and what they're exploring for and the neurology of Kirkland Lake, there's some very interesting stories around there. But you've got to have a look at the bigger picture and, and have a look at where they are and what they've done. And by, by the way, how many shares have they got on issue? You know, are you going to be yeah. looted out of any sort of <laughs> upside? There's a lot of these guys that have got, you know, a billion plus shares on issue that have just issued and issued and issued over the years, which I always find is a bit of a red flag uh, in terms of uh, being a lifestyle business and uh, finding good operators. I remember sitting down with you. I think it was at one of your fantastic gold conferences and sitting uh, not a million miles away from Jake Klein, and he was just so impressive. And, and ever since then, it's been one of my favorite uh, gold stocks, Evolution Mining. EVN is the code there, but he's just an impressive operator, and the share price has done extraordinarily well because of that, because management is so important, I think. And that's that's actually a really important person to mention because Jake Klein, he is focused. He cares mm. about his shareholders, and he, he's always looked, and he understands the bigger picture he understands gold really well, and he is he is focused on delivering value to shareholders. So, yeah, I love the EVN story, and I think it's still got a long way to go because Jake Klein is, I believe, one of the best people to run a, a gold company in Australia. And I think that was the gold conference that you ran where you had the DeLorean. Oh, that probably, yes, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That, that was fantastic when you had the DeLorean and Back to the Future. That was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Henry, you have no idea how hard that was to get a DeLorean <laughs> car inside a five-star hotel in the middle of Sydney. We had to take the glass doors off the front of the hotel <laughs> at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and it wasn't a cheap exercise, I can tell you, but it was a lot of fun finally when we got in there. It was fantastic. It was. It, it was. I remember. It was. It was just a brilliant moment. Inspired, I think, is the uh, is is what I describe it as. Now, just finally, you're obviously the gold and an alternate investment person. When we're uh, talking about inter- alternate investments, what uh, what do you mean by that? Well, obviously, gold is gold. You know, we've as yeah, we speak yeah. about there's ETS, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, alternative investments are. Technology right now means that we have we're going into a digital world. So we have the blockchain. As a result, we've got we've got Bitcoin and Ethereum. We've got a ton of digital uh, assets out there. And a friend of mine, Alex Saunders, who who runs Nuggets News, has got a fantastic platform where people can get free resources about what is cryptocurrency, how does it work. We are sadly, in my opinion, going into a cashless society. And, mm. and therefore, 
you know, and, and digital is a way of, I guess, cutting out the middleman, the middleman being the banks. You know, I yep. can I can turn around to you and and say to you, actually, I, I would like to pay for my subscription to Marcus today with Bitcoin. And, you know, we can transact with no middleman, uh, no fees, no bank fees, no, you know, and I, I can I can move uh, my an asset from from Sydney, Australia to the other side of the world in in seconds rather than days. Yep. So yep. I think I think it's here to stay. Uh, I think people really need to be aware of it. And again, you know, I, I say this all the time, be resourceful, get educated and stop watching Netflix because the opportunities are enormous out there, but people have got to stop sitting back and there are opportunities, but there are also, you can get caught if you don't understand it. So when I talk alternative investments, I'm talking cryptocurrency, but I'm also talking about different ways that you can invest in real estate and different investment opportunities that are out there. For example, the baby boomers are getting older. I think that there's opportunities in aged care. I think there's opportunities in health. So even though there's a shares, but you can also invest in other ways. You can invest in the company itself before it goes public. Investing alternatively just means don't not following investing in a fund, I guess. Right. Fair enough. I think that's sage advice, to be honest, to diversify your portfolio and the way you view your investments. I think that's uh, fantastic advice. As usual, though, it is general advice only. But um, Kerry, thank you so much for being on the couch, on the virtual couch today. It's been an absolute delight to have you on. Uh, I just wish the uh, listeners could could uh, see as well as hear. Uh, maybe not me. I've got a great head for podcasts. But uh, thank you very much for uh, for appearing today. Love your work. I always uh, enjoy all your thoughts and ideas on uh, on gold and alternative investments. So really grateful that uh, you've shared some of your knowledge and expertise with our listeners today. So thanks again, Kerry. Uh, Henry, can I just do one last shout out and uh, sure. just the, the Gold and Alternative Investment uh, YouTube channel if uh, people want to go and subscribe. Next week, I'm actually going to be interviewing Jeff Clark from um, goldsilver.com. He is mm. a brilliant analyst. So we're going to have a really deep dive into his views on where the gold price is going. So uh, that will be up uh, next week. Yeah, pretty excited that Jeff Clark has managed to give me some of his time. And Henry, thanks for thanks for having me on your show. It's been fun. Kerry, thank you once again. It's been a delight and enjoy the rest of your day. Mm.